This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I have to find out, does James Harden know what time it is? Because he rolled back the clocks, what, five years? Brendan Witted, SwarmAndSting.com. Bison Express, he joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Was that, uh, did I see that? Does he know it's 2023 and that he's supposed to be just the distributor now? It was it's really, actually really nice to see him play mm-hmm. well in the playoffs. Like he's, he's caught a, he's caught a lot of slander. Some of it from, for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Cause he hasn't been particularly good in those, in those spots, particularly when he had to be the lead guy and beats down. Obviously that was going to mean more of the share of the shots go to him. And as you mentioned, this guy was the assist leader this year. Yep. So it, that is not a role that he's been, that he's fulfilled. You had Max on his team, you got Tobias Harris, you have Embiid, who's the leading scorer. There, there, there wasn't going to be enough shots to go around if he took his normal quotient. And instead, he 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 transformed his game. Mm-hmm. He transformed his body, too. I think that was a really, really big thing. Like, he came into the season as as healthy and as kind of in shape as I as I have seen, I'm sure Houston Rockets fans absolutely love to see him walk into a season actually in shape. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's impossible for me to divorce those two things. Like if you come in in shape like that, and now in the postseason after playing those 82 games, that you're still playing at this sort of level, I think that there's a correlation there. I think sometimes when he was wasn't playing great in the postseason, it was it was in part because he hadn't necessarily taken that all season as seriously. And you hear the players that play deep into the season, you hear LeBron talk about it. Tatum talk about how just exhausted he was at the end of last year. Cause that was his first time going to the, to the finals. You have to kind of put in that work beforehand, even as talented as he is. And you got to see the full display from, from Harden last night. It, here's the thing when, you know, you go back five or so years and maybe we forget now, I don't know. Um, and he's his, he's one of the historically great individual offensive players that we have ever seen. Um, I mean, I hated his game. I hate his game. But the the transformation that he has undergone to work within what the Sixers need him to do to allow to feed Embiid and get other guys involved has been great to see. And it's cool that he was able to summon some of the old James Harden when they needed it. So now they win game one in Boston does it allow them to rest Embiid in game two, knowing you got what you what you really set out to do by getting one of the two in Boston, and maybe you get closer to having you know the best version of Embiid for games three and four back in Philadelphia? I've seen a lot of that float around, and I understand the the impetus behind it. I'm not a, a fan of like, oh, it doesn't matter. We got our one. You need four. Right? right, and we just saw in in the Gold State Sacramento series. Just because a team has been good or bad on the road doesn't mean that's necessarily going to translate uh, for the rest of that series. Gold State was as bad as any team has ever been going into the postseason on the road, and they right. ended up winning twice in the hardest place to win uh, during the regular season in Sacramento. Like, if he's healthy enough to play, even if he can only give you fifteen minutes, because that they were very very close to to losing that game. Like, there are some so. His his impact it was felt in terms of him not uh, and B not being there was felt on both sides of the ball. One, Celtics were getting anything they wanted to in the paint. If they if they were able to, to bypass that first level of, of defense on the perimeter, 
Tatum, Brown, they were just making four rays right into the cup because they don't have any other any other rim protectors. And so I think they scored 60-plus points in the paint last night. On the other end, and part of the reason I think Harden has so much success is because they could play that sort of five-out structure because there wasn't MB sitting in the middle of that, uh, sitting in the middle of the lane, kind of taking up some of that space that he maybe normally would have. I know he's a is a capable three-point shooter, but he does do a lot of his work in the mid-range yeah. and in the high post. Uh, and that wasn't the case there. And Harden was able to use and and kind of take it back to that Houston stuff. We mentioned Houston twice. It's also important to recognize he only had four free throw attempts. Whenever mm-hmm. I would talk about you know him not being aesthetically pleasing to watch, it was because he was foul hunting. He wasn't last night. He was just going out there and getting right. whether it was the step back, where it was beating guys off the dribble and finishing. He was just doing whatever was necessary because they needed him to. Because Maxi, who probably is their second, uh, th- their third best scorer uh, or second best without Embiid. Uh, just didn't have it in, in the efficiency sort of category as he, that he normally does. Real quick, um, Boston probably feels like they let that one go. They had the lead late. Uh, did, did Malcolm Brogdon get an assist on the maxi layup that made it that gave Philadelphia the lead? I'm just curious. I felt like Georgetown accidentally passing the worthy or something at the end yeah. of that uh, 82 Sorry. national check. Well, like I, Freddie I, Brown, it was, Freddie Brown says hi. Freddie, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was weird because if you thought – I thought if there was going to be one of the teams that struggled late in terms of execution, I thought it would be the team without the, the league's leading scorer. I didn't right. think it would be the fully <laughs> healthy Boston Celtics. And there were some really bad possessions there late. And you mentioned the one – even if he doesn't pass it directly to Maxie, they're going to get a 24-second shot clock yeah. violation. They just – no one seemed to have any sort of idea what was going on. You don't expect that from a veteran team like that. I don't expect – especially against the Philly team. I could be wrong here. I don't see Philly as a lockdown defensive team. The numbers may say otherwise. It just don't – to me, that's not necessarily their identity. But we'll see what happens with uh, with game two if Embiid is coming back. Let me talk about game two, and we're talking with Brendan Wood at Swarm and Sting, uh, dot com. Um so the Nuggets take game two. That was an uglier game, a little bit more of a grinder game. Uh, but in the end, I know he's not going to win the MVP. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Joel Embiid. But Nikola Jokic was everything in the third quarter. I mean, really the second half for Denver as they kind of overcame themselves to beat Phoenix. It was a- Kind of an ugly game. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was awful. Those teams, that was not something that I expected. It felt like kind of one of those '90s NBA yeah. final source of games because it was neither team. I don't think either, either team broke 100. I have to double check if somebody did late, but uh, no, 97, the, 87. Yeah, that, that was it. And and so like the first half, both teams were really struggling to score. The Suns, man, they they don't have anything off of that bench. Nothing. And and you know I think they went two or seventeen from the bench. Uh, and they just – they needed more. And I'm honestly surprised we didn't see T.J. Warren. I know he hasn't been a big part of this this squad since he got on there. But if you're going to ha- – if you're struggling to score like that, Damian, Lillard, uh, Damian Lee goes 0-5. Uh, uh, Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator? Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888 843 
0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Uh, the, the the backup point goes Cam- to Cameron Payne. Cam- Cameron Payne, Ooh. he really struggled. He was one of seven. Like, if you can't get scoring from anywhere else and you just got T.J. Warren sitting there, there's no reason to have him on the court if you're not going to do it. I know he has his troubles on yeah. defense. But, like, I would be surprised, particularly if Chris Paul can't play and, and, yeah. and now Payne's going to have to start. I, I don't know what – I haven't seen any updates on his on his injury. But, like, I would suspect – I don't know if they're going to give an over-under for him for next game, but I would I would hit the over because he's going to put at least a few shots up because they got to have something else because uh, it can't just be Devin Booker uh, kind of playing the way he's played, which has been phenomenal. Uh, they need more than that. They need KD, and they need to emphasize Aiton more because I, I think he's got to be utilized a little bit more than just if he's not open on the initial pass to a role, they just don't look for him. Brendan Woodard is joining us here, swarmansthing.com. Here's the thing about uh, the Suns. Charles Barkley said it uh, in Inside the NBA the other day as I was watching it, and before the series, the Suns were a pretty big favorite to beat uh, to beat Denver in this series, in spite of the fact the Nuggets are the best we- record in the West and have, have home court advantage, and Barkley came on after the uh, after Game One and goes, "I just do not see how the Suns can stay with Denver." Like he was basically declaring the series over after the home team won Game One, and he said, "I just don't know where the points are coming from. If it's not Booker and Durant, there are no points." And I think it's interesting that Chris Paul injured his own groin when he usually injures other people's groins. I just had to fit that in. Um, I apologize to those people who don't like to hear that. Uh, but, I mean, is is, is that fair? Because Denver's got a bunch of guys they can go to. Uh, yeah, that felt like a low blow on uh, Chris <laughs> but, uh, Sure did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, no, you're 100% right. Like, they sacrificed some of their depth making that Kevin Durant trade. And so if you're if, if you've got just a starting five, like even under the best of circumstances, even if Payne had had scored well, there's just not going to be much coming coming from that end. You're talking about Bismack Biombo, you're, you're, you're just not Wayne Wright, you're not talking about a ton of offensive talent. Nope. Uh, and I think that's part part of the reason I thought Aiton has to play a bigger role. You're asking too much of your perimeter players to always be incredibly efficient on top of the score. And 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 that's really the, kind of their only way Their only way to go about this. Uh, what was interesting to me is how they were playing the pick and roll, depending on the, who the ball handler was, how Denver was playing it. They were in that drop coverage for CP, and then they were either doubling or just hedging out versus uh, Book or KD when they did that. I thought that was a real mistake. I thought Chris Paul, the only thing that he has left is really that mid-range game. He's mm-hmm. not finishing at the cup like that. But going into last night, he was averaging one free throw a game. He was shooting 29% from three. Really, the only thing that he's going to give you is the mid-range, and that's what they were giving up. And for a while in that third quarter, that's what was sustaining their offense. Right. I'm surprised to hear that. I, did, I hadn't checked that number before they played. I'm surprised to hear that, that the Suns were favorite. I'm assuming that betters are just doing a thing with big names, right? Because, you know, yes. if you look at it on the other side, Aaron Gordon is not, not a huge name. Yes, if you follow basketball, you know him. But once you get past Jokic, Jamal Murray has been injured and has come back this year, but you know, is it again not a house? He's not Devin Booker. He's not Kevin Durant. These aren't these aren't the big time names like that. Even Michael Porter Jr. You know, he's a guy that's been often injured. Only had five points last night and still outscored the it, Phoenix bench. Well, the they way. only they only scored ninety seven, and yeah. Jokic had thirty nine of them. Uh, all right, final thing. Got a couple of minutes here. Thoughts on 
I mean, two historically great, two not. I mean, the, Mount Rushmore is four, so I'm not even like I'm not trying to do this, but you're talking about two of the names. You say LeBron, you say Steph. You don't need anything else going up against each other for the fifth time in their playoff careers. What what are you thinking about when you flip the TV on tonight? One of the greatest rivalries the sport has ever seen. It's it's Magic and Bird. I don't know if Jordan has one guy that you would, would look at. Maybe Isaiah. Uh, I, I don't know. But I it, the fact that we've gotten the, the pleasure to see these guys go head up to, I think, the two best players at their positions, a point guard and small forward that have ever played basketball, I, I, I'm I really going to enjoy it. I, I hate rooting against Steph because he is, you know, North Carolina. He is yep. – I, I told you after Jimmy went for a 56, I was like, the only guy I love to see get it going more, and we saw in that Sacramento game, is when Steph is just lights out unstoppable. He yeah. was in game seven, 50 points, most points ever scored. And then LeBron, man, like LeBron – and LeBron hasn't had that game yet, and I think mm-hmm. it's there somewhere. And they're going to need it this series if they're going to beat Golden State. But I think this goes seven. Like I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, let me. I I like to be the analyst, but I want it, the fan is still in me. I want seven. I want game seven. I want LeBron. I want Steph. I know they're not going to be matched up on one another that frequently, but I don't care. I want to see this. I want to see all of it. Yeah, I do too. Historically, it's going to be incredible theater. They obviously have tremendous respect for one another. Yeah. Um, I like the lay. I I don't think this is a long series. I, I just really? don't. I don't see where Golden State's getting offense from. Um, I just Clay is way too inconsistent for me. Uh, it's a hundred percent about Steph. I think the Lakers have have been doing this really without LeBron being the offensive yeah. guy. Uh, and if he tri- if he if something is triggered and LeBron's offense shows up, I mean, I think we could be talking about this in five games. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't see it going beyond six. The player to watch is Looney. Looney oh. outplaying Sabonis was something that I did not see coming. Eleven to twenty-one in that game seven, but he out he out rebounded the top rebounder in the league who had played at least sixty games. Three he, he three was twenty so rebound guys. Three three twenty uh, rebound games. He was amazing. He was amazing. Yeah. Like and and the extra possessions you can't give this team extra possessions. Yep. And I and I wonder if Golden State they didn't they were times where they were just really loose with the ball and I know we're kind of used to that with the Warriors but when that pace drops as it's going to in this Lakers uh, series I wonder if that those turnovers drop too and they get a little bit more efficient on offense like that's what I'm really looking for are they going to be able to take care of the ball and what those re, what those rebounding numbers going to look like as I play both sides of the fence here at the beginning of the playoffs <laughs> I picked the Warriors to win the West uh, but having seen both teams play right now. Um, I think the Lakers are the better team. Uh, And you ultimately are going to be right, man. The Lakers are going to end up in the NBA Finals, Brendan.